an aid bus carrying migrants from Texas to Washington, D.C. Florida Senate passes bill revoking Disney's special self-governing power. Justice Department appeals transportation mask ruling. Featured report today, the People's Convoy held rally in Sacramento with Californians opposing 10 bills. People locked down in China are not screaming at night anymore. And why? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Way and the Kathy show. Today, still myself. And, uh, but the good news is I will bring you a joke. All right, believe it or not. So I'm ready. Are you ready? All right, so uh, the featured story I'm going to bring to you today is about the People's Convoy. They held a rally yesterday at the Sacramento, the capital of the state of California. So I will give you an update about the People's Convoy and uh, how uh, they are actually probably waking up many Californians. So stay with me for that feature story. All right, so let's uh, go to several pieces of news today, important news. First of all, Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced yesterday that uh, an eighth bus full of immigrants who, migrants, is now um, coming to Washington, D.C. Governor Abbott said because Biden and the White House refused to re secure the border, so he is bringing the border to Biden. Abbott said, we will continue the busing process every single day for the reason that I think you mentioned earlier on. And he said that, that is the Biden administration has been dumping of these migrants by the hundreds in local communities that do not have the ability to take care or deal with. He continued, these migrants are being dropped off and as opposed to them being there in those small communities or the small communities having to spend money dealing with it. So we decided to bus them to Washington, D.C. So what if his plan to send uh, those uh, illegal immigrants to Washington doesn't work? Governor Abbott said that uh, Biden's uh, hometown state of Delaware looks like a great location. Biden still spends many of his weekends in Delaware. And Governor Abbott said the Biden administration has abandoned the responsibility for national security. Arizona Governor Doug Ducey agreed and added that the federal government is not supporting the men and women that are in law enforcement at the city level the state level or the county level. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki told reporters several weeks ago that they believe Abbott's uh, busing strategy is a, quote, public stunt. She also questioned his authority for doing so. So what, what's happening is that uh, Title 42 is a federal health rule that uh, turned away illegal immigrants due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But uh, earlier this month, the White House announced it will end Title 42 on May 23rd. Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas is reportedly using the Title 42 barrier to exclude about one half of the economic migrants who arrived at the U.S. southern border. But he buses most of the rejected migrants back to Mexico instead of flying them home. So this policy allows the rejected migrants to try again and again to sneak past the border guards. These repeated crossers inflated the monthly border encounter numbers, which reached 221,000 in March 2022, which is last month. According to the Custom and the Border Protection CPB, uh, CBP report, 
since the beginning of this fiscal year. Within five months, there are a total over one million encounters at the southern west land border. Over half of it are under Title 42. And with only five months, the total number has reached over 60% of last year, and which is 1.3 times more than 2020. So half of them, just in last month, are under Title 42. Imagine without Title 42, you know, how many of them will be coming to this country. Now, a growing number of Democratic legislators and also some White House officials signaled that they don't support rescinding the policy of the Title 42 and are looking for ways to extend the barrier as the November midterm election approaching. All right, so let's go to Florida. What's happening in Florida, the Senate passed legislation today that would remove the special tax district and the self-governing status that was granted to Disney as lawmakers have criticized the company for opposing parental rights legislation. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis called the chamber into a special session and passed this bill in a 23 versus 16 vote. The measure would dissolve Disney's special status within, California, within Florida, which allows the firm to self-govern its property, including Disney World, around uh, Orlando. Specifically, the measure would dismantle the 50-year-old Reddy Creek Improvement District that allows the corporation to oversee its infrastructure laws, zoning, and even policing. So Disney has not issue, issued a public statement on the matter. What happened was back in 1967, Florida's House and the Senate passed a law created this Ready Creek Improvement District. Governor DeSantis recently told the legislators that Florida's constitution generally disfavors laws that provide special privilege to corporations. DeSantis has criticized Disney's public pressure campaign and the criticism over leg legislation that he recently signed, which is called HB 1557, that prohibits classroom instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation for small children. In late March, Disney issued a statement referring to the legislation as um, quote, don't say gay bill, saying that uh, it would never have passed and should never have been signed into law. Although the law doesn't make any reference to the prohibiting saying the word, word gay, the don't say gay phrase has also been repeatedly used by the celebrities, uh, activists, and the democratic lawmakers since the bill was proposed in the past. The Republican-led Florida House will now take up the measure and has scheduled to take up this um, legislation on April 21st. So what will the House do with this bill? Let's, you know, pay attention and we'll give you an update. All right, so on Monday, the U.S. District Judge at the middle in the Middle District of Florida ruled that the trans transportation mandate, which applies to planes, buses, and other public transportations, was unlawful. So the Justice Department today announced that they will appeal this ruling, uh, which is ending the mask mandate upon, on public transportation and airplanes. That happened after the Center for Disease Control and Prevention said that uh, the measure was still needed. The Justice Department said that it would appeal the ruling um, if the CDC determined the mandate still needed. So that's what happened. And the CDC said on Wednesday that uh, it had asked Justice Department to proceed with the appeal and that uh, 
an order requiring masking in the indoor transportation corridors remain necessary for public health. All right, so in the state level, actually we reported a few days ago about how in California state legislation, leg the California state legislatures have proposed 10 bills related to the COVID. And uh, a lot of people actually don't know about these bills, but it's actually gaining more and more attention. So this week, the People's Convoy came to Sacramento. And uh, together with the Convoy of California, Yesterday, they held a rally at the steps of the state capitol building to raise awareness of these 10 bills that uh, the California state legislatures are trying to push. The content of bills ranging from requiring COVID vaccine for all employees and independent contractors in California to requiring schools to continue the COVID testing indefinitely. So one of the organizers of the People's Convoy, Mike Landis, explained why they decided to come to California. I think it was a great idea. You know, when we found out about these bills that are being voted on, they're in direct correlation with everything that the convoy is standing up against and standing for. So uh, it, it only made sense to be able to come here while we have the opportunity to stop something before it happens or gets put in place. And uh, I feel like it was great because I've seen a lot of Californians stand up and wake up and show up. And hopefully it's because of, uh, you know, partly because of us coming here. Okay, so Mike's thoughts are resonating with the members of the convoy. Larry McLaughlin and Matthew M. Holt are truckers from Texas. They started with the Texas convoy and joined the People's Convoy in Oklahoma and then came to California. I, I came to California because it's an assignment. When God says go, you yeah, go. It's just a mission, right? I, uh, I saw what the items were on the bills that they were trying to pass here, and that scared me. I, would, I, I, I was like, that's scary that they think they can get away with this, okay? That tells you what they're trying to do to us and the citizens of California. Well, if it happens in California, who's to say it ain't going to happen in West Virginia or Ohio, where my families are at? I'm like, no, in Texas. I don't think it will happen in Texas. <laughs> We're a different breed over there. But uh, we, love, we love the land, we love the Lord, and it's not going to happen if we can help it. So we're here to show support for that movement to stop these bills, these tyrannical evil bills, and uh, wake the folks up in California because uh, they didn't even know. Just most of the people that I talk to don't even know anything about it. So it's really a God's gift to use our mouths to propel that uh, awareness out through the state of California. Thank the Lord. So how the Californians are reacting to the calls from the convoy? I interviewed a couple who attended the rally. They are from the city of Lodi, which is located in the center portion of the, um, of the uh, California's Central Valley. They were so compelled that they drove up to Sacramento, took, I think, at least uh, uh, about three hours and attended the rally. Do you know about these uh, 10 bills, the vaccine bills? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. That's, that's, yes, that was the, 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 the icing on the cake to bring us all here and together because California can't do that to us. We, 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 just, won't, we just won't stand for it. It's not right. It's just not right. What impressed you the most from today's speaker? What the message that resonated with you? That they're willing to be uh, very unbiased to, to where it's for everybody. It's not just one side or the other. To where we're all fighting together. We need to be united as one. Power in numbers, and we'll win this thing. How about you? Just to bring in people together, like she said. And, and uh, we followed the convoy for a long time, and so we're, we're anxious to see them here and, <laughs> and what they're about. 
Okay, so one of the speakers in the rally, his name is a Dr. Michael Huang. He's from local Roseville, which is 20 miles away from Sacramento. He spoke passionately from his own experience of being canceled as he tried to treat patients. So he ended up deciding to run for California State Senator in District 6, which is currently held by Richard Penn, who is the leading legislator who authored, authored many of those uh, 10 bills. We've been waiting for truckers for the past two years for your reinforcement. They've been picking us off one by one by one by one. In the past two years, when the pandemic began, I knew our enemies, be it foreign and domestic, had brought us down to our knees without fighting, firing a single shot. We had bowed to socialism. Enough is enough. enough. We are here to defend our liberty and our democracy. The president and the founder of A Voice for Choice Advocacy, Christina Hildebrandt, she gave an update about the 10 bills during her speech. So this organization, A Voice for Choice Advocacy, is a nonprofit organization aimed at educate, educating and advocating for people's rights to be fully informed about the composition, the health effects of all products that go in or on people's body. Christina told audience that uh, actually three of the 10 bills are now put on hold by the authors, including AB 1993, which requires COVID-19 vaccines for all employees and independent contractors in California. Another one, SB 920, circumvents a patient privacy to medical records without a subpoena. And the third one is SB 871, requires COVID-19 vaccine for all children in daycare of school. So she explained why those bills were put on hold. Those bills were withdrawn and are on hold because of two things. Number one, we're in an election year. That makes a big, big difference. Okay? And I will say, our organization can't tell you what to do but I, on this front, but I will say you've got to get out to vote. Come, come June and come November, doesn't matter what everyone says, you have to vote because you need that vote to count. We can't change what happens in there if we keep electing, or if the other people keep electing these people in there. The other thing that we had in this, we, we did this very strategically, our organization and some of the other organizations, was to have Democrat organizations uh, to reach out to them, to ask them to oppose the bills. So on AB 1993, the worker bill, if you look at the list of opposition, nearly every agricultural opposition, uh, organization opposed this bill. The blueberry growers, the wine grape growers, the wheat growers, the you name it, they opposed the bill. We also had unions opposing the bill. We also had firefighters, police officers, sheriffs opposing the bill. That makes a real difference because those are the organizations, those are the Democrat organizations that support the elections. And so a legislature is left in the position of, I'm either going to go against the people who are going to vote for me, or I'm going to vote with this, you know, against this bill, which I also don't want to be voting with the anti-vaxxers. So what the heck am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to withdraw the bill. So we need to be reaching out, and, and this is one thing, you need to be reaching out to your legislators, to your own legislators here in California, and setting up meetings with them. But you also need to be reaching out to the Democrat organizations, and I say Democrat because we have a supermajority in this house. I love the Republicans, they vote with us every time. But they can't make the difference that we need. We have to get Democrats on our side and voting against these bills. So, 
reaching out to Democrat organizations and making them understand why these bills are bad bills. And uh, Christina Heldebrandt also talked about the challenges ahead with these bills and what she suggests people can do. We'll celebrate and we'll have a victory over those three, but I personally won't breathe a sigh of relief until September 1st when these bills are truly, truly dead. <laughs> this is our you know, flyer that says all of these bills. It also on the front of it has the action steps, really easy five steps that you can do in order to help fight these bills. We need as many people awake as possible and fighting all of these bills. I will also say to you, you have to take care of yourself and your family first. This is a marathon, it's not a sprint. So we've gotten rid of three bills so far, but the rest of these bills are gonna continue through the legislature. They're gonna continue for the next six, four months till September 1st. So we're, we're gonna be fighting this, you know, but we really need your help. We really need the people to speak up, to meet with your legislators, I also ask you to speak to at least one person a day. This is my challenge for you. One person a day that you don't know and talk to them about the COVID vaccine, about lockdowns, about masks, about childhood vaccines. Doesn't matter what you're talking to them about, but talk to them and plant the seed. You don't need to convince them then and there. What you need to do is plant the seed. So the next time it comes to their focus, they go, oh, that's what that person was talking about. Because it's, how did, think about how you woke up, how you got to be here today. You got to be here today because somebody said something or you read something online or you heard something that got you here. There are so many people that are still asleep. There are so many people that don't have any idea of any of these bills. And it's those people that we need to wake up. I speak to people every day. I get in Uber cars or, or on the train or in the grocery store or, or at a coffee shop. And I go, did you have any idea about these? And they say, what? That's what's happening in Sacramento? Because the news doesn't report on it. So two things, contact your legislators and talk to one person a day. If each of you talk to one person a day, 365 people a year, we will be further ahead. So uh, Mike Landis actually uh, echoes Chris, uh, Christina Hildebrand's uh, point on how some of those causes actually unite people uh, who are from different uh, positions of a political spectrum. So the People's Convoy started in Atlanta, California on February 23rd and traveled to Washington DC area demanding the Biden administration end the Emergency Act on the pandemic. And uh, that uh, I was told by the truckers that at a time they had thousands of uh, trucks joining the convoy. So Mike Landers, uh, who is one of the main organizers of the People's Convoy, uh, he I talked to him more about the questions in terms of you know how uh, what are the people they are attracting in the convoy and what's the most impressive to him doing this journey? How does he think why we are where we are now, right? And uh, how they have people just really from. Um, the different uh, walks of life and uh, different political spectrum and personal belief uh, in their convoy and also their near future plan. In the convoy, you're going through the country. What's the most impressive thing you saw? Uh, the people, literally the people, like on the overpasses and the flags and the support when we'd stop somewhere for the night to come out and, and just want to meet us or bring food or whatever. Um, it, the people, the support from the people has been just awesome. You mentioned that, you know, people in the United States maybe just taking the freedom for granted. So your thought process about that? Yeah, I think, and you know, I fall into that category. You know, I say people that are born and bred here, that their families have been here for generations, right? We don't really notice it, but I have so many friends, like I said, that come from communist-style countries or third-world countries that have 
done the work and the, the money and the time and effort to immigrate to this country to have that freedom. And they come and they say, you know, this kind of reminds me. When they started telling me, hey, this what's happening here? This goes back a number of years. What we're kind of seeing reminds us of what we escaped from or the reasons why we came here. You really need to start thinking about that because these people have that experience of where we're headed and they have that ability to see where we're headed because they've lived it and uh for me uh that's a scary thought and i take that very seriously when someone that's lived in that type of life comes and says that because uh, we sit here and we learn in school how horrible it can be and the things that those countries have done to their people and the suppression that they've had we don't want that here but how do you get people to wake up and realize that that don't know any better you know yeah, truckers in Shanghai right now, they have their trucks like uh, being sealed if they are tested positive. Sealed. They do everything in the truck, like for days. Right now, what's happening? Wow, that's crazy. I couldn't imagine even having that happen, to have to sit in your truck for days like that. Um, it's funny you say that because Canada, if, was it, if you weren't vaccinated or you tested positive, I forget what it was, you had to have enough food in your truck to make the couple day trek from like Alaska to the American like and they told you where you could stop to get fuel and stuff like that. It's just the whole world has gone mad. Similar to communist China. Yeah, very similar. Very similar. Uh, we're lucky here in the United States that we haven't seen it quite as bad as what uh, you know, our neighbors to the north in Canada have. They just passed some laws there this week that basically make it illegal to do anything uh, that is anything close to what you see going on here. Um, and I don't think that that would go over very well here in this country because Canadians are pretty nice. Us Americans don't like being pushed around too much. You mentioned that, you know, you, we still have hope. Why do you think that and where does that hope come from? I believe we still have hope because there's still people in this country that believe in the freedom and they believe in the Constitution. And all they really needed was this little this little push, or this little glimmer of hope. I've had so many people tell me that watching the convoy has given them hope, and now they're either with us or they're doing something where they're from. And, and that's all people need is that when people have that little bit of hope, it gives them the courage to stand with people or do something on their own. And we haven't lost all hope yet. So we still have this opportunity to keep this country the way it's supposed to be. You mentioned that in the convoy, there are people from all kinds of political spectrum. Yeah, we have, we have all kinds of different uh, people with us here. We have people that voted for Biden. We have people that voted for Trump. We have pro-vaccination people. We have anti-vaccination people, people that have gotten it, people that haven't. But they believe that it should be your choice and that it should be your freedom of choice. And that's why they're here with us, you know, and that's why I say you may not always see eye to eye on a particular issue, but when it comes to forcing people to do something, whether you believe it's a, whether you believe what they're trying to force you to do is good or not, people don't believe that you should be forced to do it. And that's very important because that, that affects everybody. So, and that's why you're seeing people that are on both sides of this aisle coming together. And it's very important. Does that give you hope too? Oh, absolutely. It's awesome to see, uh, you know, people at this point, they don't even ask what they really think about it. They just know that they're here for our freedom and our freedom of choice and to protect our constitutional rights. And, and that's really what this is all about. So, yeah, it gives me a lot of hope. So what, what, what would you say to our audience who are the fellow Americans? Come one, come all. It's time to stand up and stand together and uh, keep this country exactly what it's supposed to be. Because without it, we're going to end up in a very bad spot. When we leave Sacramento with the convoy, we're going to be go meet our brothers and sisters in Canada. And thanks to them for getting this whole ball rolling. Uh, yeah, we're going to try and meet them at the border somewhere and uh, have a little get-together shindig, meet everybody, and, and um, all come together and, and fight this, hopefully on a global level at some point, like we've heard here today. It takes everybody so everybody stand up and come together thank you for being here so it makes people wonder if it is time for the pendulum to swing back in california 
and how Californians view the possibility to make the change. So people actually have different feelings and thoughts. The MC of the rally, whose name is uh, Joe Colombo, he is the co-founder of uh, an organization, a new organization called the Take Action America. That's after Take Action Canada. He thinks there is much challenge ahead. They have to get first over their fear and their bias. But having said that, that's rather difficult. I'll tell you three reasons why. One is social pressure from your friends and family and your peers. Like me being a liberal, the kind of uh, conversations I have to have with my liberal friends, which are either shut down or they just walk away because they are hook, line, and sinker without using even one iota of their brains are sold by the media narrative. Again, it's a censured media narrative. So you're only getting one side of that narrative. Secondly, you have to get over the fact of being feared from shut out, being shut out of your social media platforms. And if people don't think that's happened, it's happened to me twice, okay? And I'm a pretty, like, you know, reasonable, grounded, and balanced human being. I've been shut out twice just for talking against the narrative at any level. And I'm not talking against it, I'm questioning it. And third, if you lose, if you, if you decide to be unbiased and you decide to be balanced in your thinking, you could lose your job. You can lose your job because you are mandated by a government to take a procedure against your will. So who's going to be able to maintain an unbalanced mindset if they know that there's consequences? I mean, this is, you know, it just makes sense logically that people would have a very difficult time like being able to listen to the other. So if you want to know more, get over your fear and stand up for yourself and stand up for your human autonomy that you have because it's it's slowly eroding. It's eroding all over the world. And like if you don't stand up now, obviously, in due time, you won't have any of the rights that you decided you weren't courageous enough to stand up for. Then the couple from Lodi, however, they are more optimistic. Why do you feel you wanted to come today? Uh, for fight our freedom. Our freedom is number one. The Constitution of the United States of America. To fight for our grandbabies. Just fight for our future all the way around. For everybody. Now, it doesn't matter what side you're on. It doesn't matter what you believe, religion-wise, anything. Or what color, nothing. It's for the Constitution of the United States and what we stand for. In California, a lot of people are actually voting Democrats, right? So I'm not sure how where you stand. And, uh... Well, we don't stand that way. No. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. How's uh, being uh, like as a conservative in California? Very hard, because uh, we've been um, letting too much slide. That's also why you're seeing it power in numbers as well. It's because we are very. Uh, passive people so we're just like okay well day one we just move on and just you know deal with what comes at us but now that's got to stop and now that's why they're saying everybody needs to be awake because all of us conservatives that have been been quiet this whole time need to stand up and wake up and say something because most of California is red is conservative way of thinking Oh, yes. So we just need to wake them up. We need to have them see because every single election is only done by L.A. and San Francisco. There's a lot of other counties in California that don't think that way of L.A. and San Francisco. But we get overrun every election because of that. So it's really sad. It really is. Okay, so in Lodi, you think people... Like a more people conservative? Or? Oh, yes. Yes, we are. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. We're our, ma our mayor, our last mayor was a Republican. Yes. We're very passive. passive. We did, Yes. We go, okay, well, that makes sense. And then, you know, common sense. Okay, well, it is what it is. We just work every day and live our lives and, you know, we move on. We don't really, I guess, when, when, Yeah, when did you start to realize you cannot live like that anymore? When the government started running our schools, um, I am a grandmother of five. 
And when my younger two kids were in school, that's when it all really started, is when that administration of that time, and I'm not going to mention any name, but um, it got really bad. It got really worse. Is it during the COVID or before the COVID? Way before the COVID. The school really wake you up. Oh, yeah. oh yes, yes. And But we always felt we were alone all the time, you know? So that's also part of being awake, is to tell everybody that you're not alone in this. How hopeful are you with the California make change? I'm extremely hopeful now. I really am. You see, like you said, you're, you come here and you're now you feel like you're not alone anymore, right? You have all the mainstreamers, the truck convoy. We're just not alone anymore, so stand up and fight. Stand up and fight for what you personally think is right. We're not telling you what is right, what you should think is right. But just you put it in your heart. Everything is right here. You know if it is or isn't. So wake up, California, because we're going to win this. All right. So, yeah, what do you think? Um, both, you know, Joe and uh, the lady from uh, Lodi, they probably all just uh, described reality that they are facing and their feeling and their thoughts. But how do you feel about uh, whether California is up for a change? Um, you know, let me know, leave your comments here so we can have a discussion. So the uh, People's Convoy, like uh, Mike Land said, they feel that over the past couple of uh, months, months, their mission has become about bringing the American people together to demand for freedom and stand against tyranny. And the uh, lady from uh, Lodi, obviously this couple, they are up for this calling, right? So, yeah, how do you think? But on the other hand, it is a reality in California that... Um, you know, a lot of people still probably, like they said, asleep. So how do you feel about that? Do you think in the upcoming midterm election, California will have a big change? Yeah, let's, uh, you know, discuss. And uh, let me see some of your comments, and I would like to read out. Um, Jim said, uh, I think that California would turn red, but I'm afraid that the voting is rigged. Yeah, that's, uh, I think it's on the mind of a lot of people about uh, the um, election integrity. We will discuss that more on that, what people in California are doing with regards to the election integrity. So Larry said, I just love those two people. Wow. And uh, Mark said, California is red. And Dee said, uh, too much corruption in California. And Larry said, I think they are right. California is up for a change. Curtis said, Cali has left the state. And I hate CCP said, as long as they use uh, the voting machine, there's no chance. I think, yeah, that's a lot of people's concern. And the Christian said, uh, thank you, patriots. And uh, also, Louis said, uh, this lady, I think she's talking about uh, Christina, has the solution. We all need to do our part. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so remember, if you joined late, you missed the opening, I will actually bring you a joke, all right? Stay tuned for that. Okay, so yeah, please continue to you know make your comments to let us know how do you feel about is California up for change in this coming midterm or you know how do you think? Oh, Alan said I wish I would have known about this. I would have attended. So it seems Alan is local. Yeah. So we. I did a very brief announcement on Monday at, because at that time I don't know the details yet. So yeah, and um, maybe you can leave your emails with us and uh, you know, we are building up our uh, email list and also a new website and hopefully, you know, in very soon we will be able to send out uh, information more quickly 
in the in multiple cha uh, channels. So let's see any other um, courtesy all mail in. Okay, Holly said joke, Kathy. Yes, yes, I'm gonna tell joke. So stay with me, okay? <laughs> All right. Um, so now, um, last but not the least, I will give you some updates about what's going on in Shanghai, in China, the lockdown. So still continuous lockdown, and more cities in China are facing the same thing. Food is still, you know, uh, such a big problem for a lot of people. Some people are saying it's not really short of food. It's just um, the authority try to just to make the situation bad. So, but one thing, remember a few days ago, I shared a video about how in Shanghai in, at night, people are just screaming, right, screaming. And, but nowadays, recently, in recent few days, people found nobody are screaming at night anymore. Why is that? Let's take a look. Okay, see on the top, there's a thumb, uh, there's a pointing hand to a little bit light. That's the drone. They are using the drone to civilian people. And if anyone is screaming, that person will be taken away. And that's why people are not screaming anymore. And uh, also people shared uh, really what those, they, they, they called the Fangchang Hospital. It's really like a concentration camp. And uh, let's take a look at you know, from far to close, what the, those hospitals look like. The lights are on 24-7, right? Then take a closer look at it. And that's inside. Actually, there's another video I didn't have time to, you know, kind of, uh, extracted. It's also in those type of uh, hospital. Some people just cannot bear with it anymore and committed suicide. And all the people are watching over there. So yeah, like I, the video I shared with you on Monday, when they found people trying to break through the blockade, they will lock them in the cage, right? However, however, there are people, although they are in the cage, but they still bravely spell out their yearn for freedom. And uh, there's people, you know, take this picture in China on this, in this cage, but they painted this word, 自由, freedom. Liberty, remember I taught you about this word, um, the liberty and the freedom in Chinese, 自由. That really, you know, spells out, uh, you know, just show people's, um, their desire and their yearn for freedom. And uh, in, on the next show, I'm gonna share with you more about how this type of extreme policy of lockdown is having an effect in China and what people, how people are reacting to it. All right, so ready for the joke? And before we go there, I wanted to give you a background, okay? So in Chinese, there's a slang called uh, a cooked duck, only its mouth is still hard. I don't know if you have ever um, heard about that, a cooked duck but the mouth is still hard, right? So hard mouth, so literally it translated from Chinese, but what it means is that um, the person is so stubborn and uh, reluctant to admit mistakes or being defeated. And I think there was a saying in, uh, in English, is never say uncle, right? I don't know if that's the correct, you know, quote, um, 
yeah, correlate to this uh, slang. All right, so nowadays on the Chinese social media, there is a very popular um, saying which says that, let's uh, show the picture, it's, it's in Chinese, saying that today a 4,000-year-old mummy was dug up in the suburbs of Shanghai. It was found that the other, all the other parts had corroded, but only the mouth was still hard. Okay, I don't know if you get that. So what it means is that uh, the Shanghai, the authorities, you know, although they all knew that the zero COVID policy is just so wrong, right? So just uh, brought so much um, grief to people, but they just won't admit it. And that's, this is really not a joke. It's, it's actually circulating on the Chinese social media. And it shows how people, they know the, the, the totalitarian government. They know they are wrong, but they just don't want to admit it. And that's the nature of the Chinese Communist Party. They always say that everything they do is correct and upright. And when they really cannot, you know, take the consequence anymore, then they will have a scapegoat. For example, in Beijing, the person who is responsible for the health department, recently he was took down, he stepped up, uh, stepped down, saying that because he forced people to do those testing uh, in, in, a, in a mass, do mass testing. But everybody's doing that in China, that's their policy. Right, and the later on, people found out those, you know, people who are who just get infected because of they're doing this mass uh, testing. However, you know, the authority won't say its policy is wrong. What it is is wrong. They will find a scapegoat. That's in China. We call it its hard mouth. Okay, never say uncle. And uh, but it's gonna. You know, it's really having a devastating, if, you know, on one hand, it's uh, very devastating to the people in China, in Shanghai, in other cities. On the other hand, I think we saw people are, you know, they had enough and they are speaking out. And uh, this could really spell a trouble for the CCP. So, yeah, we'll have more in-depth report on that in the next show. Oh, thank you, Larry. Thank you, Larry, for your donation support. And uh, Larry said, uh, freedom for China. Yes, yeah, appreciate that. And um, okay, Hollis, uh, you like the joke. I'm glad. And uh, Mark had smiled. And uh, okay, let's see who else like it. <laughs> Let me know. And Tonisic. Uh, he said, oh my God, they treated like animal. Yeah, it's unfortunately. That's how Chinese communist government, that's how the, you know, a tyrannic regime do to people. Okay, they, they treat them really as animals. Larry said, China has the worst policies, never give up people. Right, so it's unfortunate that uh, the, some of the Western country, the government adopting, you know, some bit of the CCP's policy. But as we expose more, and we are hoping more people will realize and will oppose to government, even just to pick up any bit of it, this type of uh, lockdown and uh, really because in the core, it is depriving people's freedom and liberty. I hate CCP said, how will people overthrow the CCP if even now nobody is fighting back in large scale? That's a good question. However, I think on one hand, you know, we can see some people already just so fed up and that they are publicly speaking about that. I 
wanted to show you a video, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's not with me right now. But uh, there's a one young man. He just shout out to those uh, leaders, right, who are like um, taking a tour at the community, and he just shout out to them, telling them what the problem is and how you're gonna deal with it. And the next is he was um, cuffed, handcuffed and uh, taken to the police station. But as he left the building being cuffed, he was saying, one, he said, myself, one fell down, but more are standing up. So, and uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, something may be um, brewing, and, uh, but due to the extreme in you know non-transparency and the information blockade by the Chinese government a lot of things we just it's hard to get all the information so yeah some things happening maybe we don't know but we will try to get as much information as possible and share with you so but sometimes I think it's like uh, um, you know just uh, like going through a war, right? A war. So a war is so thick. So before you can really penetrate it, you always feel it's there's no end. It's so hard, right? But just like the Berlin Wall, when it fell, people just feel, oh, how come all of a sudden it fell down? And of course, you know what President Lincoln, uh, President Reagan said, you know, had a very powerful effect on it. However, it is really a, a process. So before it fell down, people just feel it's like an iron wall, right? But once it's fell down, people were like so surprised. Wow, it's so easy, it seems. So I think it's the same thing. It will, it will be probably the same thing in China. Right now, it seems to be an iron wall. But uh, once it fell down, then you know, will, you will feel, oh, so surprised, right? So, oh, Tanixti, thank you for, I'm not sure, I'm sorry, I may not spell, uh, pronounce your name correctly, but thank you so much for your donation support. Okay, uh, let me see. Larry said, uh, good for him, one fell down, but more stand up. Yes, and Curtis said, good show, love all, got to work, okay, sweet dream. All right, yeah, thank you all for being with me tonight, and uh, sweet dreams for everyone, and uh, take care. So we will see you on Friday, and when Wei actually will come back. All right, good night, bye-bye.